Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Four Pillars of Health with Kevin Davis. Of course, I am Kevin, and I am here to talk to you about tetanus. And a lot of people know, have heard about tetanus, and maybe they don't even know what uh, tetanus is, but they know they get a shot for it. And the main reason I'm doing this is I'm re- relating this to a recent event in our county, in surrounding counties, uh, of a flooding that has had historic proportions as far as affecting uh, people and the severity of the flood. If you guys don't know, uh, I live in eastern Kentucky, a little county called Knott County, K-N-O-T-T. And our county, along with uh, two to three other counties, uh, on uh, July the 27th, the Wednesday, that's Wednesday evening, evening, Thursday morning, had something happen in our counties that have uh, never happened before, uh, as far as what they could measure. Uh, we had a historic flood, and uh, we weren't actually in town. We were on vacation with our grandkids, and we got a phone call at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning with my daughter. All the power was out. And the water woke her up. And we're living in the mountains. Uh, we do get flooding. And it's not uncommon to have some flood with, uh, you know, a lot of rain. But the amount of rain that was happening, uh, um, that was affecting uh, many, many people that night, uh, caused a lot of devastation. So uh, we packed up uh, from our vacation, come home early. And uh, really, because we really just wanted to help. And um, because there was a lot of people have a lot of heartache. Um, If you um, go on Facebook and you you go to Knott County Flood Relief or Flood Information Center, Facebook page that we started, um, you know, have some pictures on there. But uh, it was devastating, guys. Um, Over 30 some people have lost their lives because of this. Um, We've had, uh, I think it was, 12 inches of rain, 11 or 12 inches of rain in 12 hours. And living in the mountains, that all gets funneled down to the rivers and the creeks, and these overflowed. And uh, some of these places that were alongside the creek and even up above the creek, of course, the houses were sitting, you know, they had seven feet of uh, water in their houses. So we've had a tremendous loss, uh, not only of, uh, you know, physical life, but also physical uh, property, uh, houses, cars, uh, fire engines swept down the road, swept down the creek. Um, we've uh, had some uh, heroic uh, people who have went out and saved people uh, that night because it happened around two in the morning and it was unexpected. And um, it's just something that was really devastating. And it was uh, something that in the end has shown uh, that God is good. Uh, God provides. And the people around here and the people uh, in the surrounding areas and even surrounding states have uh, had an outpouring of love and um, just reaching out to try to meet needs. So even during this devastating time, uh, God has shown himself. And um, we are so thankful for that. Um I want to go to a little story uh, with uh, with one of the floods, just to kind of let you know how bad it was. Um, there are there are uh, posts, metal posts, uh, that were cemented in the ground that got bent over like a twig during this time, and some people got swept out of their house. And you imagine the force to bend that metal pipe I just I spoke about, and some people have to had to hold on to a tree 
for four hours in that kind of current before they could get saved because nobody could get to them. And there's many stories like that. Um, since that time, uh, we've had a lot of people displaced, uh, people having to move away to live with people, uh, moving in with locally with families. And uh, we've had, like I said, outpouring of support uh, through supplies, you know, shovels, uh, cleaning supplies. Uh, we've also had outpouring of food, uh, people bringing in food for people because, you know, uh, we were out without electric. A lot of people were uh, for multiple days. Even some people now uh, still don't have water. And it's about three weeks after the event. So there was a lot of devastation through this. Uh, but again, um, it, a lot of good has come out of this. Uh, we still have a lot of people displaced. And, uh, you know, there's going to be problems going going for the next probably six to 18 months. People trying to get back on their feet. Some businesses have lost everything. They've lost millions of dollars uh, because a lot of people didn't have flood insurance. And they just lost property. Uh, they've lost cars, uh, so they're trying to replace just the basic things. So if you imagine yourself going to bed tonight, whenever you're listening to this, and whatever you have on at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's all you have. And that's what some people have at this point. And it's going to take some time to rebuild this. And uh, one of the things that uh, I think is going to be an ongoing need is to help support, because there's going to be times, uh, even like during the winter coming up, you know, uh, I think the kids won't have some uh, coats They will not go, because they don't have anything right now. You know, they're just trying to meet their needs uh, currently. So if you ever feel led to donate to this cause, uh, we go to church at HeinemanFirstBaptist.com. Uh, it's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, uh, Baptist, or com. And if, he, if you ever wanted to do, donate any kind of uh, money to help with people around here, we'll be sure it gets to uh, where it needs to get to uh, to help those people. But uh, moving on to our topic uh, of tetanus. Uh, and, and the reason I, I come up with a, a topic of tetanus, which is something I normally don't do on a podcast like this, but there's a lot of people who didn't know what tetanus was. They didn't know how important it was to get a tetanus shot. And... Um, I just want to reiterate to people that, you know, um, we get these immunizations. I know there's a lot of uh, times uh, people are uh, anti-vaxxers and things like that. But tetanus is something that, you know, you do not want to get because um, it can cause major problems. And it's just a simple injection that you need to take. Uh, tetanus is uh, uh, from the Clostridium tetani um, bacteria. Uh, a lot of people know tetanus as lockjaw, and the reason they know it as lockjaw is because it's a uh, bacterial infection uh, that causes a neuromuscular disorder. It affects the nerves, and it causes muscle spasms, and that's what causes a lockjaw. An important part to remember is if you uh, think you have tetanus, if you didn't have a tetanus shot, you know, it can be life-threatening. Uh, it produces toxins that are released uh, throughout the body, and uh, can cause Cause major problems as far as like just breathing. We'll talk about that in just a second. But you know, we talk about locked jaw. You know, people can't open their mouth or it's difficult to swallow. And um, 
when you where the way you get tetanus is uh, from exposure a lot of people think it's just a stepping on a nail but also you can get it from uh, soil you can get it from uh, animal droppings so if you have open uh, wounds uh, it can get into your skin and then uh, cause these problems and a lot of times it's not just a, a, it's not a, like a big uh, major ordeal as far as you know, getting a big nail in your foot and that's where it causes the the issues you know you can kind of scraping the skin especially here locally people were in floodwaters and they've been removing a lot of debris out of their houses so uh, they can get cut really easy and uh, some of the complications uh, from tetanus is uh, it can cause spasms in your throat uh, have difficulty uh, breathing Uh, it can lead to broken bones Um, you can also develop pneumonia Uh, you can get something called pulmonary emboli which is uh, you know a blood clot that goes to your lungs and you can get shortness of breath which is a symptom of all these kind of symptoms so your muscles go into spasms is because of these toxins that are released from this tetanus so when someone has tetanus, you know, uh, the first thing we need to do is prevent tetanus. And the vaccines uh, that are really required or recommended for this is uh, from uh, when you're a baby to age six, you get something called a Tdap because it also has something for the for a whooping cough in it as well. And from six uh, to, uh, you know, when you're um uh, uh, greater than six, uh, you get a Tdap because uh, usually you don't get the whooping cough uh, uh, as bad when you're above six. So you still get the, the tetanus in that and the diphtheria, uh, but the part with the whooping cough is not there. And then when you're 11 or 12, you get an updated uh, tetanus shot. And then thereafter, you need it about every 10 years, and uh, that will help protect you. So if you're 11 or 12, and when you get that, you can just remember every time you uh, pass a decade, uh, 31, 41, 51, those type of things, you should be getting a tetanus shot. So that may be easy to remember a little bit more as far as like when or if you need a tetanus that is updated. Now, we have a lot of people that maybe weren't vaccinated. And uh, I said we we had a lot. I don't know if we did or not, to tell you the truth. But if someone is not vaccinated, vaccinated uh from uh with the tetanus booster uh then if you do get tetanus uh then you get something called tig which is a human immune globulin treatment and uh, it helps treat the active infection instead of just trying to prevent it with like a tetanus shot so it's important that you keep up with uh, your vaccines it's important uh with uh, especially with a tetanus shot that you take that and you're up to date with it because if you're like me you're always doing something and getting scrapes here and there and it doesn't have to be a big flood uh, but that's you know one of the things that kind of like around here locally uh, people are getting updated updated tetanus shots almost everybody along with their hepatitis a so you know when you uh, if you do develop it, it you're usually hospitalized and um, you get this immunoglobulin and it helps fight the infection and you also have to have aggressive wound care you know usually some maybe debridement and antibiotics and of course you're going to get a tetanus vaccine to prevent it for uh, um 
future uh, exposures. Now, the problem with uh, sometimes diagnosing tetanus, if you're not really thinking about it top of mind, is there's no lab test for it. You know, you can't do a blood test and say, you know, uh, someone has tetanus or they do not have tetanus. It's diagnosis is diagnosed by your symptoms. And uh, that's why it's important uh, that if you do have any kind of these symptoms and you do know your tetanus status and if you're not up to date and you start having these symptoms, you need to make sure that you uh, let your provider know that because uh, tetanus is a medical emergency. It is not something that is treated outpatiently. It's not something that can be treated in a few days. You know, uh, in the United States here, we don't have a lot of cases of tetanus uh, very rarely uh, just because uh, of the um, uh, vaccines that uh, everybody gets. But worldwide, uh, it, it's it's more common. And uh, people who are not... Um, vaccinated with uh, tetanus uh, shots, you know, there's up to a 10 to 20% fatality rate. So that's pretty high. You know, when you're talking about possibly two out of 10 people who get tetanus. So it's important, I think, that uh, we take this serious. And it was really highlighted here recently uh, during the floods here uh, as far as uh, people getting it updated. You know, uh, we have many uh, medical organizations uh, going out house to house giving tetanus. So that was a great opportunity for us to be vaccinated here. And um, it was something that unfortunately had to have had to happen uh, for that uh, many people to get vaccinated at uh, one time. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about tetanus because I thought it was important. Uh, a lot of people don't know anything about tetanus and it's important to know how severe it, uh, symptoms can be. But uh, I just wanted to bring everybody up to date because I haven't done a podcast in about three weeks. And that's the reason why is because we've been trying to help folks uh, as best as we can, you know, uh, meeting the needs, either immediate needs with like food, our church, you know, at one, at one point, we're not doing it now. Uh, we quit this last week, but at one point we were serving over 2,000 meals a day, and that's just our church. There's other churches and other organizations that were doing the same thing as us. So you can kind of see the need that was really out there, and it's uh, it's it's just amazing uh, how God worked. And um, I'm going to tell you a little story. And, you know, you may shut me off now and that's okay. But if you want to hear a, a Jesus story, uh, let me tell you about this right here. And then uh, we'll go to our catechisms. Uh, me and uh, a fellow deacon, uh, Scott, uh, was at church, and uh, on a Monday, uh, close to right after this happened, our freezer went out at church. So I uh, went and bought a freezer at Lowe's and took our freezer up there so we could store food that was coming in. Uh, a couple of days later, our refrigerators went out, and we had all this food. All the, all the uh, ladies were bake, or cooking and things like that. So we had to go over to Lowe's and get, and get try to get a refrigerator. And they just wanted to get at a refrigerator without a freezer part of it because we just bought freezers. So that was uh, that was our orders when we went over there to get that. So we get over there, and, of course, they don't have those type of things. You have to order them, and they're expensive, and it takes a little while to get that in. So we're there sitting there scratching our head. What in the world can we do? So... Uh, Scott uh, has had an acquaintance in another in another county who just happened to stroll by, and we started telling him our dilemma. 
And it just so happened that they had used to have a catering business. And it just so happened they quit this catering business six weeks ago. And it just so happened that uh, they had a six-foot commercial refrigerator that uh, they could uh, uh, let us have. So, of course, we're thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, that's great. How are we going to pay for this? This is expensive. It's probably, you know, 10000 10, or more for these commercial six-foot refrigerators. And, and the thing about it is, you know, God gave, uh, he gave it to us. And it was through God that we, our needs were supplied. And so we're sitting there. We're really excited. We got a six-foot commercial refrigerator. And then we start back to church, and we think, oh, no, uh, how are we going to get it here? Because all, all we have is a truck, and there's no way we can fit it in our truck. But one of the conversations that me and Scott had was we said, well, God's provided this. He's provided it this far. He's not going to quit. So when we get back to church, we have some Mennonites who are at church. Uh, there's you know 50 to 70 of them that are there helping with the cleanup and things like that. And they're, they're staying at our church. And it just so happened uh, when we start telling everybody about our story that they offer to go get the, get the six-foot refrigerator because they have a box truck that it can fit into. So not only did we get a free six-foot refrigerator, we had people go get it for us. And it was just amazing that night, God showing how he uh, supplies the needs that we have. He knew what we needed and he supplied them. And, and to me, uh, throughout this whole process of this of the flood, uh, that has been the reoccurring theme over and over is that God supplied need after need. And I have so many Jesus stories that it's just amazing that I realized, you know, my lack of faith uh, that I've had uh, trying to do everything myself. And I need to rely on him to provide what I need. And he already knows my needs. Uh, we just need to ask and trust into him. We need to do our part. We just can't sit on the couch and expect everything to come to us. We need to do our part. If we didn't go to Lowe's looking for something, he we wouldn't have ran into this guy. So we had to do our part, but it was Jesus who fulfilled uh, all our needs. And we're just so thankful for that. Anyway. I thought I needed to share that. I share that with almost everybody because I think it's just amazing uh, what God can do. So turning our, our, our attention to our catechisms, uh, we're on number 57. It says, what does Christ do for his people? He does the work of a prophet, a priest, and a king. You know, when you read the Old Testament, the idea for uh, Israel to have kings was not God's ideal. People really wanted to have kings because they wanted to be like other nations. But what we need to do is realize that, that God can, can fulfill each and every one of our needs, just like what I talked about. Uh, and we don't have to have somebody else uh, for us uh, to ask. We can ask directly because uh, we can approach the throne because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He will intercede for us. And uh, we are so thankful that that is so true uh, in our lives. And I hope it's true in your lives as well. Anyway, short podcast. Want to let you know why I haven't had a podcast in a couple of weeks because we've been real busy with the flood cleanup. But uh, we appreciate any prayers that you guys would have that, uh, you know, God will continue to fill our, our needs, which we know he will. And uh, we're praying for you guys as well. Reach out anytime. Uh, if you want to discuss what's going on in the flood, things like that, I'd be happy to. But uh, we will see you guys next week.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.